from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, January 29th, 2016, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by a brand new sponsor that I'm really excited about, HelloFresh. HelloFresh. HelloFresh is the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking fun, easy, and convenient. I have heard about this. Yes. Each week, and Hello. Did you do this? Yes. I did. <laughs> so here's the deal. Follow me on Instagram That's and you'll see what funny. happened to me this weekend. I, I, it's a sad, it's a sad thing. Most of my meals are eaten standing up in a in a plastic bowl that came out of the microwave yeah. in my kitchen. Old Cameron Ricketts Strang <laughs> yeah. over here. It's but terrible. It makes me so sad. Saturday, I'm home with Cohen, and uh, we knew HelloFresh was going to be sponsoring the show coming up, and I had a box of HelloFresh uh, meals. And so I thought, I'm going to do this thing. And so what HelloFresh is, is uh, each week they create new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks short on time. Uh, they source the freshest ingredients. That it's measured to the exact quantities needed so there's no food waste. And a full-time registered dietitian on staff reviews each recipe to ensure it's nutritionally balanced. So it comes in a box with dry ice and stuff, and it is fresh and you say hello hello and uh and then all of a sudden there it is so there, like there's a book of the recipes for this week's selections and mm. then there's all the fresh ingredients you need and so saturday night i i i did it and yeah. and i probably other than eggs or a steak have not cooked anything in a decade so i'm as novice as you get and it was awesome I had a great experience. It was fun cooking. I put on Miles Davis and I was like, it was just a vibe. It was fun. And then the food was great. It was absolutely great. So my two questions for that is, you know, for me, if they say it's healthy and fresh, I'm going to take them at their word. That's never a huge concern for me with my meals, but I think that's important for some people. But my two factors, is it easy to make and does it taste good? And if you're telling me it's both, then that's I'm looking at this right now. So they have a, so they have a classic box for omnivores. That's great. They have a veggie box for the rest of us. Then they have, then they have a family box. This is amazing. Yeah. So what I ended up making was uh, lemon chicken payard, right? Yes. How you say it? Yeah. With, um, with uh, sweet potato wedges, arugula salad, and chimichurri. That's ooh. what I made. What's chimichurri? Ooh, I love chimichurri. I actually don't know what thing on my plate was chimichurri. Was that the little sauce thingy <laughs> I, the green I made? Sauce. Yeah, the it's green like sauce. Garlic, parsley, I, olive oil. It's like an Argentine oh, sauce. I was, yeah. I'm crazy about it. I was. I watched a lot of Top <laughs> Chef, even though I don't cook. So I was really proud of my knife work. FYI, mm. I had to butterfly the chicken breast. Wow. I soaked it in a marinade that I made with fresh lemon juice and different things. I, I the chimichurri. I minced the the uh, the the parsley and and and, and it was amazing. I, it was all like laid out for me okay. and told me what to do. It was awesome. I got to tell you though, I, that post was really funny to me because you like posted that you cooked and I was like, cool. That's like Monday and then right. Tuesday for everybody else and then yeah. Wednesday. It's like <laughs> thing. It's like, oh, Dad cooked food. Thank goodness for the box. Yeah, we it love was HelloFresh and <laughs> it was she. It was cheat sheets and instruct. I'm telling you, but that's it great. Was great food, yeah. high quality food. Who would have cooked Pillard without knowing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I told Cohen, I told Cohen, um, he said, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm cooking dinner, buddy. And he's like, oh, what are we having? I said, chicken. And he goes, oh, okay. And he went off and he was playing. And then I, we sit down at the table and it's this, you know, nice looking meal. And he goes, 
oh, I thought you were doing real chicken. And I was like, what do you mean? And he, it was like grilled chicken. And he, go, he goes, like McDonald's. Oh, <laughs> oh chicken nuggets? He's, no. like, he's like, Dad, what is that that taste? I and you're like, that's, that's food, buddy. Oh. That's food. That's actual meat. That's that wasn't not, an animal that was not, once alive. I yeah. thought you are doing real chicken. That's not salt, said. Dad. What um, is this? Okay, so HelloFresh uh, is doing a, uh, an awesome offer for relevant podcast listeners. You can get $35 off your first week of deliveries. All you have to do is go to HelloFresh.com and interrelevant when you subscribe. And I'm telling you, novice or, or, or very experienced cook, it is high-quality, delicious food that you can make in about 30 minutes. And, uh, I really want Jesse to do this because I feel like right now he subscribes pretty heavily to, like, Hello Box of Macaroni and Cheese. And <laughs> Hello Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I really want you to get on Hello Yeah, Fresh. it is your pleasure. Hurry up. <laughs> Dinner time. Hey, the, the funny thing was on uh, people commenting on my Facebook, they're like, Hello, that looks fresh. We had it too. Like they do the <laughs> oh, same. Funny. They do the same uh, oh, recipes cool. for everybody who subscribes. That's so. awesome. But apparently, a bunch of my social media friends mm-hmm. subscribe to HelloFresh. It's like exactly like uh, it's like oh, I was going to say like Catholic liturgy where we're all doing the same scripture, but that kind of feels like maybe not what we should do. So keep going on. <laughs> Hello, Catholics. Um, <laughs> like around like, the world, we're all saying the same scripture, just like HelloFresh. Like I said, um, uh, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me in our Orlando studio is Eddie Big Cat Coffee. Bringing the sacrilege early. Good to see you on the. The uh, ones and twos over there are illustrious producer Jeremiah Dunlap. Great to be here. On uh, the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And excitedly, for long time gone, uh, from <laughs> Chicago, Illinois, I'm excited she's back. Shauna Nequist is joining good us. Good morning. It's so good to see you guys. It's been forever. No forever. Kidding. And uh, for listeners, uh, Shauna has been hunkered down to been a number of things. I mean, the holidays were big with, with uh, the church up there and everything, but she's been working on her next book. Thank goodness. And did you turn in the book last week? I turned in 53,000 words on Friday afternoon. Zoinks. Unfortunately, the book is 70,000 and she has a lot of work to do. (laughs) Hasn't really started. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be a little bit longer than that. I have a little bit more to go, but I got to the point where I was just, you know, I feel great now. I'm like... Because last week you were kind of in that that awful crunch at the 11th hour, like feeling the pressure of it all. Yeah, I would not say right now I feel great because it's great. I feel great because it is not in my possession. Ah, oh, I see. (laughs) So I'm just living in the like, I just took my finals. I don't know what my grades are yet. Right. But who uh, yeah. cares? They're done. Right. But yeah. you know, you probably at least got to be plus or above. Like, you're going to be fine. You're a great writer, a great thinker. I will probably advance to the next grade. Right. But <laughs> yeah. that's all I guarantee. And, and you know what? That's good enough because you are not sitting in front of that computer right now. I literally, yeah, I literally got to the point where it's like, uh, it's either throw my laptop out in the snow or send off the manuscript. One of the two is going to happen. Okay. I'm not going <laughs> to, I don't want spoiler alerts, but when is your next book going to release? Like I don't Th- this book the one that she's this writing one, yes this one uh, Tuesday August 9th of oh, 2016 wow specific um, and is there something that you can convey about the book that uh, would kind of whet the appetites of listeners well I, I love that you think there would be spoilers it's not like a thriller. Like, yeah. I'm not, like giving away so, like, wait, the big ending. Like, what, oh, the butler did it. For some reason, Sean, I thought you were working on a new spy novel. Yeah. Is yeah. that not? Did we we were on some a wires get crossed. Well, I just didn't. Well, if you didn't want to like announce the the theme of the book yet, I wasn't going to yeah, put yeah. you on the spot. But I was just, you know, if you want to like, you know, tease us. The protagonist is dead. The entire time. <laughs> Ross and Rachel do not get together at the end of this book. It's going to be hard. Oh, no. So he throws the ring right into Mordor, and there you go. Yep. 
It's called Present Over Perfect. Yep. Leaving behind frantic for a simpler, more soulful way of living, I think are the words we landed on. And so it's all about kind of my own last couple years going from this really busy, really multitasky, really kind of frantic, loud way of living, both uh, what got me there, why it didn't work and how I got out of it mm-hmm. and kind of what I found underneath all that noise and busyness. So it's very much a story about uh, choosing to live a quieter a richer, more connected, meaningful life as opposed to a big, bright, fast, fancy life. So, Okay, yeah. I have questions about it. Your yeah, books always yeah. have such a lovely aesthetic about them. Like, Savor was just like the coolest. It was like an old hymnal and it was like thick and I love that there wasn't like a paper thing on the outside and you always are uh-huh. intentional. What's your book look like? Can you tell us that? I can. It's actually, um, I'm, I'm truly, it's a good thing my publishers tolerate me because I really push them on this one. Um, mm. It's a picked, it, well, it's Lindsay Letters, her lettering, mm-hmm. um, cool. because I love her. Yeah. Um, and then it's a picture uh, the of me in my Chuck Taylor's, <laughs> Eddie. <laughs> can we tell this story? You can. You can. I'm, I'm, I am literally too embarrassed. I usually am not too embarrassed, what? but I'm too embarrassed. I did something wrong. Go ahead, Shauna. You <laughs> can just tell me. And, and, and uh, of me sitting on a dock, looking out at the water, right. with my shoes on, right? Um, you know so, what, what was Eddie's big faux pas here? <laughs> so I email a couple different people. Do you like A or B? And they're they're pretty similar. Um, it's just, I don't know what was different about him at that point. I actually did. It's funny. I did not ask this question for this story. I just walked into this and now regret it and wish I would have just kept on with the show. I can see where this is going, though, because let me just, for, for yeah. further context, you ask an A or B question. Right. Is that mm-hmm. is that correct, Shauna? Yeah. Like, this or that? Left yeah. or right? Yeah. Black or white. So, and yeah. just to put it in more realistic terms, she kind of like emails a guy that's kind of a jerk for an opinion. And that's me. So go ahead. And, and there are two images that are basically the same in that it's like the white Converse All-Stars on both of them with like slightly different backgrounds and different shading, right? So <laughs> A has Chuck Taylors and B also has Chuck Taylors. And I'm just asking like, do you like the shading, the color, whatever? And he gets back to me like, you just... Honestly, you would never wear those shoes. They're not you. Oh, no. You're too old for them. You're too old for them? Well, I mean, I felt like she was emailing people for real from the 50s. She's not too old for them. I I say literally any generation could wear. Have you seen the guys who originally wore those playing basketball? Yeah, Yeah, I missed the A or B, and I thought it was like, hey, can you rip apart my dreams for me? Yeah, sure. I can do that. That's kind of what I do. Because it's Eddie, with every line, I'm like... Oh, oh! It's not me that's feeling bad right now. He's already. When I tell him, uh, number one, they are my shoes, and I love them, and I have strong emotional attachments to them, and they mean something to me in my life metaphorically. So, just how do you feel about the shading? How do you feel about what I asked you to comment on? Literally, like I'm going to kill myself. I am so sorry. Never recover from this. Oh, sweet Chana. Well, sorry about that. Either way, exciting the book's coming out. I, I can't wait for that cover. I'm going to get it on a t-shirt and wear it around. Tell uh-huh. everybody about it. I'll be on your street team putting up posters. Now, every time I put them on, I almost want to text you a picture like, look, I'm wearing them. You, yeah. And then he replies, you're too old for these. Yeah, this is yeah. a little a little old for you, <laughs> ma'am. Um, uh, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to actor Joseph Fines. That's how you say it, right? Yes, Fines. Yeah, Fines. Uh, a brother of... Yeah, uh, Joseph. Ralphie. 
Ralphie. Little Ralphie Fiennes. Little Ralphie Fiennes. He starred in that uh, Christmas movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. He's starring, uh, Joseph is starring in a new movie called Risen, where he plays a Roman soldier tasked with investigating the disappearance of Jesus' body from the tomb. Wow. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, like a comedy. I saw a trailer of this, yeah. I believe. Yeah. That's what I thought Shauna's book was going to be about. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Turns they, out they find him. The, the ending's sort of the title. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> I didn't really I didn't, yeah. didn't think that one through, but yeah. still, you should see the movie. Even yeah. though, if you're if you've looked at a poster or your ticket stub, you know the outcome. Yeah, you know what alleviated this whole conflict? It, they could have kept the title, but just added a question mark. Or risen? No, no, no. <laughs> it's all about editing. Risen, and then the tagline underneath it is, "He was in the last place they looked." Their heart, <laughs> right? Or just, or just dot dot dot. Or is he? Yeah, but it's I don't know. I don't know. He didn't. It's risen with a I, Z. We didn't get into that with him. We didn't get into it because it, it, it's already done. Yeah, he didn't name the movie. Yeah, right. But, this is uh, the bulk of the interview that's coming up later. Is uh, just, just asking him about yeah, the name of the movie. Right, right. Joseph finds hanging up on us halfway through this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, it's it's uh it's Oscar season. You know? Oscar. Uh, the actual Oscar season is coming up. And uh, obviously, Oscar's so white, hashtag trending, a lot of discussion. They, the leaders in the Oscar, uh, the Academy, talking about major changes they're making to the Academy and the Oscar process. And it's all the, uh, everybody's talking about the Oscars. Nothing. Yeah. Boycotts. But, but nothing is better than Chris Rock hosting. I mean, it's just like, and here comes the little spark towards the powder keg. <laughs> it's gonna, gonna be awesome. Uh, well, coming up later, uh, because it's Oscar season, Jesse uh, hosts a roundtable discussion with some movie critics and writers, Brett McCracken and er- Eric Van Balen, about uh, this year's Oscars nominations and what they're excited about in film for 2016. So that'll be fun. Yeah. It's yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that. Neat. It's also, this week, Super Bowl fever week super bowl it's everywhere it's everywhere you can't you can't get i mean it's probably peyton manning's last game it's uh you know you got the cam newton phenomenon you, you just every the, america's all a buzz yes. about the super bowl just, everyone's freaking out yeah. and yeah. if uh you remember last year around this time <laughs> we we uh brought in a special sports expert right to help us navigate this you know, pivotal time of the year. It's this, you, Shauna. This highlight of the year. <laughs> Did and, you uh, hear the dead silence? Yeah. I'm like, it's Sh- taken over what? And so, so we thought because it was so helpful last <laughs> year. Uh, um, you know, how to host Super Bowl parties or like, you know, kind of really uh, take make the most of the season we're in. Uh, we thought we'd have her back. It is time for. Thank you, Passion Pit, for that jingle. Yeah. <laughs> Did it say teach us how to sports? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's great. Don't teach you want to know? Teach us how to sports. <laughs> so last year, Tiffany, you brought us tips on how to throw uh, an epic Super Bowl party. Yeah. And pick your favorite uh, fantasy football league. Yeah. Remember that? That yeah. was super helpful. Yeah. But so this year, really? you're bringing some different sports tips yeah. for us. What do you got? So we got the big super thing happening soon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got to be prepared for the parties you have to go to. Yeah. You can't be the only one that doesn't know what's going on. No, I understand. Sure. So I'm going to give you some tips and tricks and things you never knew about football. Oh, oh, great. Oh. Yeah. So a little insider info yeah, to help. just the basics so that you yeah. don't look, you're not the only person that yeah, doesn't yeah, know yeah. what's going on, yeah. you know? Right, I, sure. I really need this, Tiffany. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I'm, I'm here for you, Shauna. So, Thank you. Uh, first, let's start with cheering for the right team. Literally, this is the easiest part. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
you just start cheering for the one who's winning. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because raise your hand if you want to cheer for the losing team. Bingo. So the yeah. easy road, yeah. if you're a novice and you don't have any stake in the game, uh-huh. just pick the winner. Yeah. The yeah. one that's winning. There you go. Yeah. Uh, next. So football's a really tough sport. People get tackled back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> and you will be tempted to be like, oh, no. Oh, no. Is he okay? Is he okay? Yeah. Don't do that. Don't. No. We're, no. It's part of it. Don't show concern because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to relieve your minds right now. No one has ever been injured during football. Oh, well, that's good to know. All choreographed. It's a mm-hmm. little known like, fact. Yeah. Like pro wrestling and figure oh. skating, they plan the whole thing ahead of time. Oh, look at that. Yeah. They love it, actually. <laughs> it's so much fun it being tackled. It's a tickle fight is what they call it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, now here's something that even you experienced sports fans might not know. The history of football. I'm, oh. listen, I'm so, listening. I was wondering. Yeah. Because this so, is a Super Bowl. What number is This is a great is one. This is a great one that you can just really wow the guests at the party. What number Super Bowl is this, Tiffany? 50. Yeah, something like that. So is that sure when football started? I think she's right. Is that when football started? No. Oh. No. No. You would think so. Right. But no. Interesting. So what happened was back in the 1653, oh. Australian pygmies invented football by throwing coconuts to each other when they were hungry but it didn't really gain traction until the late 80s and that's why the shoulder pads are so big because that's what was in style (laughs) yeah that's when the game of football really picked up okay (laughs) so really while your guests with that knowledge trivia yeah, so, so, so Knox Landing, Dallas, and football yeah. really defined the 80s fashion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like okay. Kirstie Alley and Cheers was actually a football yeah. player. Yeah, she <laughs> was super into it. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, your aunt's church dress was <laughs> inspired. Right, she's totally, yeah. totally it. It Your aunt's age. floral church dress. So you say okay, aunt, gotcha. I'm going to pause for a second. You say aunt, not aunt? I say aunt, yeah. Really? Why? Pretentious. Well, because that's how it's spelled. No, it's not. <laughs> but I, 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 let me let me. Ex- there's a u. There's a u in it. That's why. The yeah. little the little. I say ant, but the little the little insect that goes to picnics is ant, and then the word a u n t is spelled both differently. Cute as a button. So, yeah. Sean, I feel like you would be the decider on this. What do you do? Well, I say ant. Okay, Shauna but says. But I'm aunt. a Midwesterner, so I say things aunt. like lake. Aunt. You know. Yeah, everything <laughs> is lake. Aunt. We all say lake. Everything is just harsh <laughs> and frozen. Say, that's true. Right. We do. How it's spelled. Lake. What are you talking about? You say lake. <laughs> well, but like with that, like Midwestern E. Yeah. <laughs> like Meagazine. Uh, yeah. She's just right, kind of right, throwing yeah. a dart at those vowels. Meagazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So are you coming out on the side of you or no you? The only people I know who say aunt are usually New England. Yeah. Sure. But I mean, you guys are just negating an entire letter. Yeah. Here's what yeah. I'm going to say. I say aunt. It's Aunt Rosella. It's I say aunt. I do too. But... Jesse, I Jesse has a valid point, and I, I can thinking. and I can be okay with him saying. Aunt. I kind of think I should change my I, my ways a little bit. It is spelled with a U. It is, and it is not the little uh, insect. Uh, yeah, it's weird that we would say two spellings the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, we do that a lot, though. English language. Great sports talk, but yeah. we're gonna, but we're gonna <laughs> stick with Ant. It's riveting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't even. I have like one. Oh, well, okay. It doesn't even matter. I don't even have that many ants for it to matter. So next. <laughs> okay, well, um, that's all, that's all the tips I have. But, but, but you know, I was noticing because you know I was saying like America's all a buzz, 
Yeah. They're also all a Twitter about this. this yeah. week. They're all talking about it. And as people tend to do when they have something on their mind, they tweet at us and ask us questions about it. Okay. And so I was noticing on the Relevant Podcast Twitter account all week, tons of sports questions coming in. Really? And I thought what we should do is have a couple of the uh, listeners hey. join us on the show today and uh, <laughs> go ahead and ask you oh, their yeah. questions. So you being the sports expert can, can answer them. I would love literally um, nothing uh, more Jeremiah, than that. Jeremiah, who yeah. do we have on the show? This is Jessica. Oh, Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hi, What's Jessica. Up, Jessica? Hey, Jessica. Hi. Where are you? Where are you? Are you work? Uh, yeah, of... I'm at work. I work in student ministry, so oh, of course. I don't really know if that counts. But well, yeah, so she has all the tchotchkes on her shelf. Yeah. Je- Jessica, I have two quick questions for you. Yeah. Where are you from and where you are from? Do they pronounce it aunt or aunt? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> well, I live in Little Rock, but I grew up in Texas, and I say aunt. I don't yeah. say I think everyone yeah. says aunt. I think and everybody but Jesse says aunt. Jesse and Gatsby, I think, are like right. the two people. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 like, right. and people that own like British manor homes. Homes. Right. <laughs> I'm in good company. Yes. All I'm saying. yes, yes, yes. And go visit my aunt in the haberdashery. <laughs> so, so what, what's your question for our sports expert, uh, Tiffany Brunson? Yeah. So I had a quick question. I, you know, as I've grown older, I've gained more knowledge and wisdom. Sure. And I started to realize that um, NFL players, they're real people too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, so my question is, do you think like, what do they do? Do NFL players get bathroom breaks? Do oh. they, what do oh. they have to do if they yeah, have to what do, what do players do? I've it's, never seen a player in the middle of a game have to go potty. Then you have mm. never seen Lil Bow Wow's movie like Mike because he definitely <laughs> takes a bathroom break. Oh. But I think most coaches frowned upon it, but that's why they have the huddle. Oh. <laughs> like everybody huddle yeah. up and one guy just gets in the middle yeah. and has a little tea. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the middle of the huddle that you don't see. You and see I think cameras. one of them is probably bathroom breaks. It's a wall of men with big shoulder pads. Yeah. The cameras can't get in there. Exactly. Yeah, that makes All sense. Right. So derived yeah. from the word puddle. Got uh, it. Huddle. Yeah, that's huddle. good. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, before we let you go, real quick question. Yeah. Um, you talked about getting older a minute ago. Yeah. yeah. Are you too old to wear Chuck Taylors? <laughs> yeah. How old are you? I'm 24. The, would you wear Chuck Taylors, white Chuck Taylors at this point I in your life? I currently do not own white Chuck Taylors. Are you no. too old for them? <laughs> um, well, all my students wear them, so maybe. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, there wow. is a, uh, there is a, we were talking to a lady earlier who's really into them. And so that's, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Like literally every single one of my high school girls owns them. And so I'm just uh, kind of trying to stay back from that. Well done. Uh, okay. That kind of actually helped your case. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. It's nice meeting you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey, our next caller is Alexandra. How's it going, Alexandra? Good. How are you? Doing Good. great. Hi. Where are you calling from? From Phoenix. Phoenix. Uh, what do you What do you do in Phoenix? I work for one of the three major banks. Are you at a major bank right now because you're talking no, so quietly? I'm working from home. <laughs> one of the three major banks in your town or in the country? In the country. Wow. Well, let's say this. You don't have to say where you're working, but tell Mr. Fargo we said hello. Yeah, give him our best. <laughs> Mr. Fargo. So you work, um, cool. Work so, at a bank. That's so, fun. you know, it's Super Bowl week, and we saw that you tweeted us a question. You had a sports question. Our, our expert's here, so we thought you could ask Tiffany your sports question. Okay. So, why is it called a Super Bowl? Wow, that's a great question. It's actually a really good question. So this is another little piece of historical trivia for you. Uh, Back in colonial times, Uh when they used to... When would that be? 1776. Sure, well done. Columbus (laughs) sailed the ocean blue. Yeah. Got it. So you're just sitting around in your little colonial colony and what? watching some football and it's right. so cold it's so cold were they still playing football oh. yeah. with coconuts then no they okay. had moved on to okay. um yeah 
uh, tea. Tea, 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 tea party tea, tea bags, tea bags. Yeah, bags. boxes of teas <laughs> right and so uh they had to get little cups of soup cups of soup or mm. bowls of soup they would turn their little colonial hats upside down yeah. and fill them and with so chowder so they called <laughs> i'm not gonna go down that chowder. way no so they um they called it the soup or bowl oh. and then they're like this doesn't make sense and then they just smushed it all together and called it the Super Bowl. Uh, not, not a stretch at all. No. Makes not a stretch. Total yep. sense. Yeah. Yeah. As historical context, you wouldn't understand. Alexander, you just have to read that, up more on it. Does that answer your question? Yeah, see, I always thought it was because whoever had the biggest bowl of dip just won. So oh, that's that's well, party. That that's an cool. entirely different bowl. competition. Well, the question but is, that's a great the one. The question yeah. is really, what makes the bowl super? Yeah, the people. What would the make community? a bowl super? Our hearts. I think, yeah, yeah. our hearts our hearts. For the uh, game. He's yeah. uh, risen. Yes. The risen. Right. <laughs> he's risen. <laughs> Zen? Risen uh, with a Z. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for calling. Uh, Alexander. Thank you, Hope Thank that you helps. for the really great thanks, question. Alexander. Great question. I, like, no, I don't have to question that anymore. I like yeah. the picture behind you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. All right. Our next caller uh, is Matt. How's it going, Matt? Hey, how's it going? Hi, Matt. Hey, Matt. Oh. Matt, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Southampton in merry old England. Wow. Oh. Do you say aunt or aunt? Ooh. He says aunt. Uh, aunt. Oh, no! What? You have blown our minds. <laughs> shocking. Matt, literally the world is against me on this one. Why, let me ask you this. Why do people where you are, because the, everyone here it, it has an opposite opinion of myself, Why do I want to hear why you ignore the you in the word. Uh, so is it the word aunt or... <laughs> Yeah, and so we're saying like a small creature, no, no, no. the small, the small well, insect, or, or your mother's sister. Yeah, yeah the mother's sister. Oh, okay, in that case, I'd be aunt. Oh, oh you do say aunt. Oh, great. Yeah, if it was a small like insect, it would be an ant. But I, I misheard. I'm not related to an ant. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> your mother's sister is not an ant. Right. Yeah, that's good. So, so uh, it's a big sports week here in the U.S. Uh, we have the Super Bowl coming up, uh, American football uh, match. Uh, but you posed, uh, you had a sports question. We have our expert here. Tiffany's here. Hello. Go ahead and ask it. Well, Tiffany, I'm relying on you. As a British person, oh. what are some of the words or phrases that I might not be aware of that I, that I should be? Oh, easy. First one, uh, football. Is not okay. at all what you think it is, and there's hardly any foot to ball contact in in it, so don't expect any of that to happen. It's mainly handball. It's yeah. mostly yeah. handball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hand and sometimes football is what we should call it. Yeah, hand um, and football. That's what we'll call it. It's not American football. It's hand, hand and football. foot and mouth ball. Hand, hand and yeah. foot and mouth ball. Yeah. Um, also, right. and what else should I know? Yeah. So, is that you? That yeah, it was Eddie. pretty Eddie. good. Eddie. That sounded just like him. Wow, you sounded so much like him. I wish I sounded that posh. <laughs> <laughs> I was very ready to oh, just yeah, move on, and then I saw him finish his work. Yeah, you're, or where did you say Southampton? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, I was doing North. I'll work on South. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on it. Uh, so the other one, this is a very important one. Give me five. That is when somebody wants to high five you when something good happens. Yes, it is not when they want you to drop and give you five push-ups, and you should not slip them five dollars. Trust me, from well, no, no, experience, no, no. I know no, if this. If somebody wants, it says, give me five, and you gave them five bucks, they're happy with they, the transaction. Yeah, but that's not what they meant, and you're out five bucks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You could have gotten so, away for free. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Give, give me five means high five. Any other terms he should know if he's going to watch the American Super Bowl? Those are the main two. Right. Have I you heard say? it? You've heard of like nachos and stuff, right? 
Because that's oh, gonna yeah. be, yeah, that's oh gonna gosh, be pretty. Course. They have Mexican food they in have London. Snacks. I don't know that. <laughs> I am not very cultured, <laughs> so I don't know what they have over there. But I want to make sure that if he's gonna watch the Super Bowl, eat, they, they don't yeah. eat like only like meat pie and fish and chips. They have right. like oh. Mexican restaurants and right. Uh, so if I'm watching the Super Bowl on the telly, no, 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 right, at like eight in the Imposter. morning. <laughs> he's not Matt. He's Eddie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Super Bowl Matt, comes Matt, on. Let me ask you this: Who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? Coldplay. Coldplay. <laughs> Perfect. Nicely done. Oh, oh, man. All of the UK uh, only tunes in for the halftime that's show. That's right. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, I hope that, hope that helps, Matt. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Thank you, thank you so much, Tiffany. You helped so much. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, right. Matt. I'm, ne- I'm never listening to this podcast again. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that'll do it for the 2016 edition of... Well, uh, it's time. It's time for our look back at what's happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for in case you missed it. Big news in the nerd world. Big news. <laughs> DC has released the first look at Wonder Woman. Yeah. The uh, the clip features uh, the chief creative officer of DC Comics, uh, Jeff. Johns stars Chris Pine and Gal Gadot, as well as director Patty Jenkins, discussing the film and its cultural significance. They call Wonder Woman uh, a feminist cultural icon. Yeah. Well, uh, Chris Pine said, quote, "Um, telling a story like this now is pivotal and important. The story of a very powerful woman. She stands for equality. Um, And and though Wonder Woman appears in the upcoming Batman versus Superman uh, film, her standalone film releases in uh, June of 2017. Here is a clip. She's an Amazon warrior. She's the best fighter in the DC universe. She has strength and speed, and she's been training her whole life for war. Wonder Woman, who's been around for 75 years. Feminist cultural icon. She stands for equality, and that's really important. I think that's why people love the character. The greatest thing about Wonder Woman is how good and kind and loving she is, yet none of that negates any of her power. I'm glad we heard from six or eight men about her. Isn't that oh, yeah. crazy? One lady. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, I, did, I was reading a thing the other day about the problem with Disney princess movies. And uh, apparently a couple of linguistics experts have gone through and analyzed the different eras. There's three different eras of Disney princess movies. Obviously yeah. the old Snow White era. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that had its problems were like the helpless you know, female characters waiting on the men to always save her and all right. that kind of stuff. And then they go into like the Little Mermaid era of right. princesses and the linguistics experts start breaking down um, in that era, uh, which there were like several films made, um, the, the disparity between the men talking and the women talking. Mm. That even though the Little Mermaid was obviously almost rebellious and independent and that things and, and like it was a good empowering portrayal of a female princess, the men characters spoke 79% of the time in that movie. Wow. It was well, crazy. in order for her to get the guy, she has to literally give up her voice. Right. It's wow. crazy. Yeah. And then like even Frozen, which is about two sisters. Let it go. Men still speak like 59% of the time in that movie. I can't even think of the men characters other than, you know, the snowman, but I mean like Well, Cameron, to your point, I mean it's crazy how many movies even now don't pass. Do you guys know the Bechdel test? 
Totally. I'm yeah. sorry, yeah, I, I don't. It's, 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 it's basically a look at whether a film features two named female characters that at any point in the film have a conversation that isn't about a man. No. So oh, wow. there are, um, I would say the majority of movies do not pass the best shell test. Weird. Which is, is crazy in this day and age. That's Weird. Weird. That's amazing. That blew my mind. It sounds crazy when you first uh, hear about it, and you're like, oh, please. That I mean, women have conversations all the time, and it's not about men. And then you start scrolling through movies, and you're like, uh-oh. Uh-huh. It's really true. I wow. noticed that a lot watching uh, Aaron Sorkin stuff. Like, I was watching uh, West Wing, and all the women on West Wing kind of have, like, a... Like they're pretty strong and independent until they're not, and they start dating, and then they go kind of crazy. Hmm. And it's like, why aren't they all like Sam Seaborn? Right. There's a lot in Sorkin's stuff about... Totally. uh, He he does not have a great uh, reputation among feminists, right? Yeah, totally. Newsroom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, All those, yeah. Yeah, there's like all this like sexual repression that even the strongest, smartest characters that are women end up just... Going, the, going a little cray cray. The other thing about yep. the Disney movies is like, even though even the movies that have the female lead character, all the sidekicks are men. And like the, you know, like are, uh, the mm. only exception is that in Beauty and the Beast, there was the clock lady. You oh, know, no, uh, the Angela teapot. Lansbury. That's the what teapot. I meant. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, the right. teapot. Angela Lansbury. But even she's just like a bit character. But it's like the shopkeepers are all men. Right. Uh, the guards are all men. I, like every bit role. Candily, lobster all, all of them. Yeah. men. And these, wow. even if it's a female lead, it's really like the inequality is stunning when is you really, see it broken out like that. It's really yeah. something. Wow. I am, well, and huh. now there's this whole thing about with Star Wars. With Ray, oh, yeah, the toys. It's crazy. Right? Cohen, yeah. Cohen loves the Star Wars toys, and you go on an aisle. There is, n- she is the coolest, most important character. She is the new, you know, face of the franchise, and there are no toys of, of her. None. And there wasn't a Ray uh, game piece in the original Star Wars Monopoly, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There, yeah, there were four, and they went uh, Poe and Finn, and then they went uh, like Anakin or Darth Vader and Luke. Yeah, Poe wow. was in like five minutes of the movie. Please, it's crazy. Like oh. why Finn was a, a secondary character to to Ray? I mean, yeah. why in the world? Even BB-8 is programmed as a boy. If you read like the deep, deep nerd specs of BB-8, like mm-hmm. they're all male. Well, yeah, it's John Ralphio that helps voice BB-8. No. Yeah, the beeps and boops is part. Uh, he does. Uh, it's his voice. I, I've, I'm not making that up. Like it sounds insane, but it's true. It's part his voice modulation. Wow, this is messed up. All right. Well, I'm not seeing Wonder Woman now. That's it. Yeah. Well, I think Wonder Woman is trying to reverse that trend. Yeah, but then, but the, the, this clip trying to say she's a feminist cultural icon is five men talking about. Well, it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If if boycotting Wonder Woman may be misguided, and maybe <laughs> maybe boycott for the other I'll, movies. I'll ask you this, Jesse. Who designed? I, mean, I, I think your heart is in the right place here. But I, don't know if I don't know if they're really gonna. If you hit him in the pocketbook on this one, I don't know if it's gonna hit the right message. Oh yeah, yeah that's true. Jesse, <laughs> Jesse, I hate watch Batman versus Superman. Yeah. but I'm not even seeing hate Wonder. <laughs> um, Jesse, who and who who designed the invisible airplane? Exactly. Next thing. Oh, burn! Right. Uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Oh, I'm not watching that. Are making another comedy together? Oh. I mean, Step Brothers. Probably might, my favorite comedy. Yeah, One might, of the top five. Yeah. Really? Oh my gosh, that Very movie good. destroys me every single time. Uh, the guys have teamed up with filmmaker Adam McKay on uh, the movie on a movie about the American Mexican border. 
Uh, McKay wow. obviously frequently collaborates with Will Sounds Ferrell. Hilarious. Uh, and, <laughs> and McKay, uh, well, what they'll do to it probably will be. Uh, yeah. What McKay obviously uh, directed uh, Step Brothers and Talladega Nights, which yeah. they teamed up in. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be fun. In a conversation with Paul Thomas Anderson on the Director's Cut podcast, McKay described the film as, quote, a comedy about two guys who go down to defend America's borders. It's uh, <laughs> a return to goofy comedy after uh, Adam McKay's latest film, The Big Short, received a Best Picture nomination. Yeah. So yeah. He was branching out, and now he's going back to his roots. That's awesome. Um, in case you missed it, this past week, there was a lot of snow on the East Coast. That's true. In case you it. missed it. I Just, didn't hear much about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does that play out up in the Midwest and the West Coast? When I mean, it's like, obviously, a lot of New York media, so they're obsessed with themselves, and they're talking about the snow, but I mean, the rest oh, of the country... New York wasn't the worst. It was the all our... The worst yes, was Nashville. Nashville Bingo. was the worst. Nashville got a quarter of an inch of snow and had to like, it was like basically not change their life at all. And oh. it was just, it was a whiteout they on Instagram. They shut down schools for like three or it four days. Me, yeah. It made me realize that apparently I only have friends in Nashville and New York. <laughs> right. My Instagram was like, oh, dusting of snow in Nashville. Dusting of snow in Nashville. Buying canned goods in New York. I mean, we have snow all the time we have it. Yeah. Right. It's like a thing we do. You just live. You keep living. <laughs> live in the tundra. If you shut down when there's snow, you got nine months that you're just sitting around your house waiting. Like, <laughs> you've got to keep moving. Um, well, because of the snow, uh, you know, school was uh, closed a lot on the East Coast. And a third grade teacher named Mary Morris made uh, a, a video that yeah. went viral. It's called Snow. It's a tribute to snow days and getting off of work because of bad weather. Uh, here's a clip of her song. I've forgotten how the snow felt as it crunched beneath my feet. Wow, her voice is great. A snow day tomorrow or at a good day. Here's the thing. It's hard to laugh at that because her voice is so good. Yeah, she even yeah. has the right, right? little like yeah. uh, like tone. I don't know how to explain yeah. it, but she's really good. Yeah. The, the the video that you can watch on RelevantMagazine.com, we posted it, is really funny too because she nails the aesthetics of yeah. the Adele video, like <laughs> that weird kind of like yellow hue and she's wearing the fur coat, but she's also like purposely awkward. She, like, she's dramatically walking through a field and like her heel gives out. She turns her ankle and tries to play it off and picks up the flip phone. Yeah. Is eating Ben and Jerry's in bed. It's it's a pretty funny parody, and a lot of time went into it for a school teacher. So I'm glad it's gone viral for yeah. her. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, imagine if it had like 38 views. Yep. After all that work, <laughs> oh, that's just sad. Yeah, she's a singer. That's yeah. not like yeah, no, oh, yeah. put together this funny thing and tried to fake it along. No, right. Like no. That. Yeah. She's she, she's the person on The Voice who, when they give her backstory, was I was a school teacher and I'm chasing my dream now. Sure. And, uh, yeah. yeah. But she, I was yeah. I was also on the Mickey Mouse Club when I was a 
kid. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. I had, I had like a record deal. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm not sure if you've heard of me. <laughs> uh, speaking of re- uh, record deals, Kanye West has uh, been kind of talking about his upcoming new album a lot lately. Just this week, this past week in Casey Misty, he changed the album title from Swish to Waves. That huh. was unexpected. Uh, on on Twitter, he released a photo of him uh, and, and his producer holding up a sheet of paper with the track listing, Dang. so you can see the track listing. Yeah. And uh, when he when he did that, uh, when he posted that photo, his tweet was so happy to be finished with the best album of all time. <laughs> yeah. Completely yep. not ironic. Nope. Yeah. yeah. You, know? you know what though about him that so, bugs me. Could be. Yeah. You know, like there's some people like if there's a Jonas, they're probably not going to. I don't know him that well, but they might not have the best album of all time. But Kanye, he's got it in him. So he's like the Anne Hathaway of uh, rappers. Uh, no, because he may actually have the best album of all time. But she, she knows she's good and she always delivers. But yeah, does she? But she does it with fake, does, fake humility. I don't want to get into this because I, yeah, I, like I don't either. I've so got- the, another, tweet, another tweet that he sent that was, that was, this is my favorite one he sent in the, in the buildup for the February 11th. This is not the album of the year. This is the album of the life. Oh, nice. Very I mean, nice. I, I, I honestly think Kanye is just a master marketer, and he knows if he just says ridiculous things, it doesn't matter if he backs it up. People are going to talk about it. He's like the Rex Ryan of hip-hop. He, <laughs> he, he just generating some buzz, man. He's, you know, Rex Ryan, whatever team he's coaches, is getting the invite to do the, you know, the, the HBO show every year. Because he brings... Yeah. He, Look, it's the entertainment value. We listen to music for a lot of different reasons. One of them is to be entertained. Kanye understands that. Props to him. I don't care if it's terrible. People when, are going to uh, at least listen and check it out. On uh, Beats 1, when Ebro was debuting uh, one of the tracks, every Friday he's doing a new track. He's releasing uh, mm-hmm. Kanye's. And uh, Ebro was playing one of the new tracks on Friday night. And he said, he said setting it up, he goes, he goes, here's the thing about Kanye West. Kanye West can do any song that any other rapper does. He could do what anything, he could do whatever any other rapper's right. making, but no other rapper can make the music Kanye West is making. That's true. That's that's crazy. Really that's is. interesting. That's that, true. That was an interesting perspective. And that kind of, you know, it's absolutely true. Because if he wants to do a Drake song, he could totally kill a Drake song. But yeah. Drake couldn't do a Kanye song. And you know what? Yeah. I am excited because Facts is not on it. So the, it yeah. actually might be good. Because that was yeah. kind of the Self-editing. worst. Self-editing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, 24 is coming back, in case you missed it. Uh, but here's the deal. It's being rebooted. It's a new 12-episode series called 24 colon Legacy. 24 Legacy. Uh Uh-oh. It's not going to feature the real-time format like the original show. And it's not going to feature any of the original cast, including (laughs) Kiefer Sutherland's Jack Bauer. It's a different show. It's a totally different (laughs) show. It's not the same concept. It's not the same characters. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I have no no opposition to them creating a new show. Yeah, 24. It's now 12 hours and half as good. It's going to star. So it's going to star Corey Hawkins, who's the breakout star of Straight Outta Compton. He played Dr. Dre. Uh, And uh, he's going to play the lead, uh, Eric Carter. So it's a young guy who's nothing like... Like Jack Bauer, and they're still calling it 24. But so. wait, are they going to do, they're doing 12 episodes, but are they 12 two-hour episodes? No, they're not doing the real-time no, no, format. It, the, the real-time thing oh. is, it, they just need to say, they just need to rename the show, because they got a great actor, you know, they don't have a concept they're pitching, like 24, why right. not just call this one, like, Spy Man or something? Right. I don't know. Spy I don't Man. know. Just, yeah, just, this is a new show. Yeah. So the, here's the the uh, premise: strong and smart Eric 
uh, Eric Carter, uh, came from a very rough background and mm. turned his life around in the Army Rangers. Now back home in Virginia with his wife, Nicole, he's pulled back into action as his past comes looking for him. Mm-hmm. Again, nothing to do with 24. No. So, <laughs> but still, delightful, I'm sure. Um, okay, in case you missed it, uh, that that's it for the culture stuff. What happened on the website this week, Jesse? So, so one of the the stories that I think people should go check out this week is one that's called "Why Are So Many Christians Afraid of Nonviolence?" And it looks at oh, yeah. uh, a lot of the things that are happening in culture right now. Uh, it's it's if you read the news, it can be scary sometimes, uh, looking at all the perceived threats and real threats out there. But the, to answer it with nonviolent methods is actually kind of controversial in today's day and age, especially in the modern presidential election. Well, there's, there's, two, all- there's two types of Christians. I mean, there's the uh, go, go bomb all the Muslims Christians, and then there's the peace and, you know, like turn the other cheek Christians. Right. Yeah. Yikes. I mean, what you look <laughs> at what, awesome. you know, Jerry Falwell Jr. said at, at Liberty, that was so controversial, it's, you know, that he tried to reframe as only talking about, you know, defending the campus from... Muslim terrorist, but yeah. he ba- he said we if they had more guns on this campus, we could end those Muslims. Just that kind of rhetoric yeah. needs to be challenged. Yeah, yeah, that's not what that's not what two Corinthians tells us. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well done. It's uh, it was a fascinating piece, and the conversation that happens in the comments is uh, yeah worth avoiding. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, you know, that's just a good general rule of thumb, especially someone who writes a lot of the content. Don't get dragged into that. Yeah. It's, it, it gets ugly fast, but. Do you read the piece and, and share it if you like and, and be challenged I- even if you don't like it. Uh, it's called Why Are So Many Christians Scared of Nonviolence? It's by Michael Hidalgo. It's right now on RelevantMagazine.com. There That's you awesome. Go. All right. Well, that'll do it for... In case you missed it. Ping. It's time for entertainment releases. Nice. Music coming out on Friday, February 5th. Elton John is oh, coming out with so Wonderful what? Crazy Night. Yes. Whoa, I love Elton John. I'll tell you this, though. Beats One again. He has a weekly show, and he his weekly show is is is, is some of his favorite tracks uh, of all time, and then a bleeding-edge brand new stuff that he's discovering and really excited about. And I'm telling you, no, nobody knows more about music, both past, present, and future, than Elton John. He's I have awesome. heard that he buys on well, what used to be Tuesday, but he buys all of them. Yeah. So every release that comes out, he gets everything and just that's what he's he listening to and he listens to all the music. sits down and considers all the albums. Yeah. He engages the art. He he he's, mentors artists like he that he discovers and has affinity for. He he develops relationships with them. I mean, like this guy. But he does like, he knows a lot of stuff like deep cut, like Father John I Missy stuff, that. but also like pop, no, he's got pop yeah. culture. Taste. Who's yeah, on that's SNL. what I'm saying. Like when he's saying yeah. like, this is a band that I'm excited about, Mm-hmm. Like it is a legit I cool love that guy. band. This guy's a tastemaker. Yeah, fifty years in. Yeah, it's crazy. I love that. I, I feel like I'm always. Uh, I frequently talk to people who want to be writers or who are writers who tell me that they don't read <laughs> or they, they just don't have time for it or whatever. And I just like. I, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't yeah. get how you could not want to be deeply invested in the field, you know? So I love hearing about super, you know, yeah. long-term musicians being still passionate about other people's music. I love yeah. that. That's yeah. awesome. It, it was, I think at one point, I remember Elton John, it was at like a, maybe an Austin city limits concert. I mean, this is, this is maybe like a decade ago and Ryan Adams was going to come on next. And, and he introduced him as, 
it was some accolade that was just crazy. Like my favorite living songwriter right now or something. But this is before, you know, Ryan Adams has always been noted. But it was cool to see, man, this guy's got his finger on the pulse and he really knows good music when, and he, and the when he hears it. He doesn't have to. I mean, yeah. like yeah. if he just had a, a show where he kind of like helped uncreate deep cuts and helped us explore awesome old music, that would be a good show too. But he does both. Yeah, like all yeah. his influences and yeah. all this stuff. No, he does both. It's like, and he'll go something from like 1971 and then the next track is, you know, well, released two weeks ago. And yeah. that he's still releasing music that there's a strong chance there'll be a few tracks on this that'll be very good. Yeah. So yeah. he's not just relying mm-hmm. on, you know, Crocodile Rock or whatever. He's right. like still working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also coming out on uh, February 5th, Wiz Khalifa's coming out with Khalifa. Wizard Khalifa. Yes. <laughs> a classic joke from the podcast era. <laughs> uh, Sunfa- Sunflower Bean is coming out with Human Ceremony. I think Ugh. they play that at the vegan restaurant. Yes. Um, and can, can I just say the fact, Eddie, that you still make a joke over <laughs> one syllable and you're a man who ignores the letter U. <laughs> Shana, I call the kettle black. Shauna, do you know about this? I do not. Okay, uh, Jesse. One point when when Wiz Khalifa came out, uh-huh. Jesse like pronounced his name like Wiz Wiz Khalifa or something like that, and and, and it just it, it just snowballed, snowballed into Wizard Koffolds. Wizard Koffolds. <laughs> fake Twitter accounts. It was a whole to do. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile. <laughs> Eddie ignores an avowal. <laughs> right. One of those important letters we have. An entire letter. <laughs> he, wants, he wants to be a writer, and he's not even using all the vowels. Yeah. <laughs> the humorist to ignore one of our, our most critical letters. <laughs> uh, my once every two years Wizard Khalif holds joke. Yeah. Um, also going out, Porches is coming out with Pool. If you have a porch, it'd be nice to have a pool. What a you lovely know. setup they've yep, got going yeah. on that album. And uh, Anchor and Braille is coming out with songs for the late night drive home. So, Anchor and Braille? It, that, that's it's Stephen Christian's band, right? Singer of Amberlin. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, movie's coming out on Friday, uh, February 5th as well. Regression is coming out. It's Minnesota 1990. Uh, Detective Bruce Kenner investigates the case of young Angela, no, who no, accuses no. her father, blah, blah, blah. Too Ethan Hawke's in it, Emma Watson. Nope, too scary. Okay. But you Next know what? They next. have snow and don't make a big deal out of it. Right. So take because notes, Nashville. It's part of, na- it's part of nature, everyone. Right. Yeah. Uh, also coming out, Hail Caesar, the uh, Coen Brothers uh, comedy, which uh, I'm excited about. It's yeah. uh, the golden age of uh, Hollywood and stuff. So here's the, the cast list starring George Clooney, Scarlett Johansson, Channing Tatum, Josh Brolin, Tilda Swinton, Ray Fiennes, uh, brother of... Uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jonah Hill, and apparently every other working actor in Hollywood. Okay, <laughs> yes. I got to tell you, I am looking forward to this because I'm sure it could be good. Yeah, I but think I'm it will be. I'm a little nervous. Why? One, it's got a stocked cast, so like one of those huge cast movies can go either way. It's like those uh, Valentine's Day movies. I was you just know? Say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, 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 but to be fair, I know. To be fair. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Time out, Eddie. Time out. Time out. <laughs> You're comparing an Ashton Kutcher. I understand. Like, you know, know. weird, like, experimental ensemble. I know. With the Coen brothers. I know, I know. But here's the deal. Valentine's Day, 1 a.m. TBS. Kind of holds up. Great movie. It's actually not bad. So there's. I, I could just if it was just one of the vignettes. I don't need to see seven of them. Yeah, I, I agree. Do, just, I agree. Just the old couple. Just the old couple that goes to watch the movie out in the park. That yeah. one. Yeah, I'd be disappointed <laughs> if I paid money to the theater. But I'm telling you, you're winding down for the night. You just had your uh, late night drive home, and you pop on TBS, and it's on. You're gonna watch it. Yeah. Why not? Uh, also coming out, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, the uh, ah. Jane Austen's classic tale of tangled relationships between lovers from different social classes in 19th century. England is faced with a new challenge, an army of undead zombies. So, yeah, my that's wife, a, that's is, a real thing. She's really excited about this, but not because it's Jane Austen, because I've realized recently she loves zombies. 
Interesting. Something I never. She's the quietest, sweetest little yeah. Latin woman. Little mouse. Yeah, little mouse, and just loves zombies. It is the weirdest. Honey, what does discovery. she love about them? The, I have the skin tone, probably, the complexion. It's probably yeah. the skin tone, but it's the, the air of death. Yeah, it is the weirdest. I mean, Walking Dead, like any zombie huh. movie that comes out. She is pumped about yeah, it. Too I scary. It. I yeah. don't get it. It's weird. Well, yeah. well, I zombies are interesting because it's always the it always comes back to the same metaphor. Right. Humans are more of the zom- the monster right. than the zombies. Yeah, right. You know, like who's the real monster? It's all it's always the same thing. Yeah, I but I, it's, I, like, I it's like fact. Caesar Milan. Uh, the yeah, got the bad dog. It's actually it's bad actually owner. the family. It's yeah. the bad owner. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. no always. bad dogs. There's bad no, owners. Right. Right. Yeah, now, strap, let me put this rollerblades on. Do my magic while you guys talk. Spoiler alert! At the end of Shauna's books. <laughs> yeah, bad, bad owners, right. no bad dogs. What right. would yeah. you think if we reimagined some of your books with zombies? <laughs> Respectfully, though, but we do go and rewrite right. every single chapter. <laughs> Cold tangerines I and forgot. zombies. I think it's been too long since I've been on the podcast. <laughs> like my brain, you just jumped like eighty-seven things. My brain's like, what's happening? There's a lot coming at you right now. Yeah. A lot Bre- happening. Bread, I missed you guys. Bread yeah. and wine and zombies. Ooh. Yeah, I would. I would. I'll tell you, Shauna, my wife loves your writing, but I think if you threw a little bit of zombie stuff in there you would really hook her in yeah you'd be surprised how often i hear that yeah (laughs) i'll tell you this much so good if there was more of the undead yes i'll tell you this present over perfect and zombies i'm reading that yeah Yeah. Yeah, absolutely or it's just present over perfect but it's just like the feet that are coming off the dock are dead (laughs) (laughs) or there's a hand coming up from the water about to grab the chuck tail that's it off the dock it's the same cover but there's a little zombie hand coming out of the lake about to grab the feet look out your foot because zombies (laughs) zombies love chuck taylors yes it is basically their favorite they're very young yeah you guys welcome back buddy (laughs) this is so weird so weird <laughs> All right, well, Wait till we get to slices. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for entertainment releases in case you missed it. And your sports tips. Stay tuned up next. Slices. I just want you closer. You're listening to JMR. The song is Closer. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard uh, Mood Robot, all caps, with the song Invisible Chains, which are what hold them back. Yeah. Uh, you you actually have a connection to the JMR Closer song, don't you? I do. I produced that song. And it's Crazy. like kind of blowing up all over the place. My uh, wife really loves Jennifer Lopez, who, uh-huh. who has a uh, new yeah, my TV friend, show. Uh, Right, right, yeah, not me. I don't, I don't love Jennifer Lopez's right. new show, Shades of Blue. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we were just watching it, and out of nowhere, this song that I produced just pops up in a scene where she's getting physical with a guy Funny. in oh, a no. romantic way, <laughs> and it was shocking. You're causing people to sin. I know. I'm a stumbling block. I am. So sorry, everyone. Don't listen to the song. But that's cool. Congratulations. Yeah, it'll make you. Make and it's been played on the relevant podcast. I know. Now we've really made it. Yeah. Now, and we have. you don't want to know what people are doing right now. I know. J Lo is going to be like this song that was on my show was on the relevant podcast <laughs> really done it so <laughs> all right well uh it's time for slices uh what do you have jesse all right well i love internet memes and i love when internet memes come to life so i have a twofer these are two quick stories about how internet memes are coming to life and they're hilarious and awesome <laughs> 
The first one involves the Carolina Panthers football team who are playing in this year's Super Bowl 50 game against the Denver Broncos. Uh, one of the reasons for their success may be because they found a new way to intimidate people. Okay, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but reporters that have been visiting the Panthers locker room have noticed something strange going on in interactions between each other. And now it's leaking over to what they're doing with the reporters. They're creed bombing people. They're what? Creed bombing? Creed bombing. What creed- does that mean? This involves walking up to someone unsolicited, okay. staring deep into their eyes, and start singing Creed songs. <laughs> what? <laughs> Linebacker Ben Jacobs told reporters, the key is you have to make really, really deep eye contact. So if you Creed, creed bomb someone, you've got to look directly in their eyes. But, but you're not singing it, you're quoting the lyrics like a poem or something. It, 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 your delivery is up to you. The point is, you're locked in, and they're, you're you're issuing Creed right to them. If so, this has swept the team. I don't know Creed's uh, discography well enough to know every lyric and stuff. So this person is just coming up to me, locking mm-hmm. eyes with me deeply, and saying probably what I would assume are intense words yes. to me. Yeah. With no explanation. No explanation. Right. Yeah. Are so, they getting punched? I mean, like... This is like my high school... Like, this is like high school dating, I feel. High yes. school dating. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's Valentine's Day, Boys 1993. Boys trying to say meaningful things and looking in your eyes, and you're just confused. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, it, this has made it all the way to the Creed frontman Scott Staff himself, who, unlike another much maligned band that is a joke on the internet, actually has a sense of humor when people make fun of come to life in hilarious and viral ways. So, Scott Staff said, I, I heard, I, like, are you serious? This is so cool. I just felt like, hey, man, there are Creed fans on the Panthers. He has said that he is now like a sold out Panthers fan and he seems to have a sense of humor he said I just started dying laughing the next thing you know my band is doing it to me on tour I saw the humor and how funny it was I think it's awesome I'm rooting for, I wanted to see uh, Peyton Manning I thought it'd be cool if he go out he goes out with a with a win but a team that is employing an internet meme as part of their strategy is getting my vote hey Jeremiah yeah when you're with me I'm free I'm careless I believe above all others will fly this brings tears to my eyes my I, sacrifice. I literally would, I would just walk away. Like, I, I don't just, understand what you're doing. I would yeah, walk away. Yeah. I just creed bombed you. <laughs> <laughs> and destroyed my iPhone. No big deal. It's a mind game. Oh, and you do it during the game? They do it. I think this is this is taken over. I love those guys. Now, now that I can get down with. So they're on the line. You're like lined up eye to eye with a guy, another f- offensive lineman, and like, and all of a sudden you just start intensely quoting Creed lyrics at him right before the snap. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I can't confirm it because I don't think they're going to give away their all in the field secrets. But where did this start? To me, it seems like how do you you know? Sure, you could chalk it up to the great play of Cam Newton, their intense secondary, or, or their deep running back game you know yeah or they've discovered so they just never had to get in the head yeah. like this is a mind game it's a chess match Psychological you know it's like warfare. it's like moving your queen out yeah. in the first couple moves what is this guy's doing he's, he's going nuts. Kind of right. he's, he's he's crouched down looking into someone's eyes so let's go there yeah let's make our escape <laughs> and then, well, i just heard the news today <laughs> Seems my life is gonna change <laughs> if you're lined up against that forget the snap count yeah you're not even listening anymore no. boom and then he runs right over you yeah, welcome exactly. to this place i'll show you everything with arms wide open <laughs> <laughs> Wait, if i'm lined up against that like welcome to this place i'll give you everything with arms wide open are we dating yeah it's like all of a sudden <laughs> i'm down I'm, all right and then boom plays over and oh man yeah. all right well, i guess we're yeah. anyone who's watched football 
ball. You know, you have play action. They have, you know, these blitz. It's a game of misdirection. What, what more misdirection can you have? How much better can you confuse someone by randomly quoting clear, Creed lyrics? Clearly, they've tapped into something. So that's item number one. Item number two, my other favorite uh, internet activity that's coming to life is trolling. <laughs> this, uh, this individual <laughs> wrote into the nationally syndicated Ask Amy column with the following question. I recently ran into a famous local sports figure at my gym. I didn't want to bother him too much, but he surprised me and approached me. It turns out he knew me for my profession. He wanted to see if we could go out for coffee, and a few days later, we had coffee, and I thought it was cool that he now considered us friends. Then everything changed. He told me he was interested in taking out a woman we we ran into. She's my ex-girlfriend. He asked me a couple of times if I wouldn't mind to ask her out. Reluctantly, I said no. So he goes on in detail to essentially write the entire plot point for the two-part Keith Hernandez episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've even seen that one. <laughs> to which Ask Amy earnestly answers no! him. No Perfect. way. Oh, Warning, he's an, opportuni- he's an opportunist who just keeps asking you for stuff. You should dump him. I suspect when you turn down his generous offer to let you move furniture for him, you'll likely never hear from him again. <laughs> Classic Amy. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many fake questions come into those advice columnists. I think a lot. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. yeah, I would I would imagine many, many, many. Yeah. Or like it's clearly not about them, it's about someone else. Like they're really are uh, they are asking for a friend and hoping that their friend gets called out on the internet. Oh, you know totally. what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> totally. All right, uh what do you have, Eddie? Marley Diaz is a name you may not know, but this young woman is starting a revolution. She is 11 years old. She is a New Jersey student, and she has started a campaign called Hashtag 1000 Black Girl Books, which collects and donates books in which black girls are the main characters. The goal is to collect a thousand different titles by February 11th. Um, So Marley and then some of the other organizers will travel to Jamaica and deliver the books to a book fair. But the cool thing that I... The other cool thing that I'm really excited about is that the campaign will also compile a guide with the book titles, authors, and age groups of the collected books. Um, She gave a great quote. Now, she's an 11-year-old New New Jersey student. I love her. And she said, I was sick of reading about about white boys and dogs, Uh, (laughs) she said. And she said, I told my mom I was going to start a book drive, a specific book drive, where black girls are the main characters in the book and not background characters or minor characters. Um, And so... This has taken off, and she has started to compile this list, and we will have this list, and you can, um, I'll tweet it out or something like that, or we can post it, Um, but if you want to contribute to it, but I thought it was really, really cool that this girl just had this little idea, started a hashtag, and now has this really cool viral idea to bring forward some books with black women as the main characters, which I really enjoy. That is really cool. Because it is hard to find those books, and I actually read this after I was reading both of my girls, their recent favorite book, which is called... Oh, Lucy the dog. They love it because our daughter's name is Lucy and they think it's so funny. But it is literally about a dog going to run and find this boy, Bobby Quinn, who is just a white boy. Like, it is the whitest <laughs> name on earth is Bobby Quinn. Bobby um, Quinn. And I was just like, you know, that is really interesting because we, we work really hard in our house to make sure that we have a nice representation uh, in books. But I am like really, really excited about having these 1,000 titles and really excited for this girl. And uh, I want to contact her and just thank her for doing this. And we're going to send, you know, we're going to send the books that we know of that have been really impactful for our family. Has she, so, do you know how far she is into her thousand books? It di- didn't say that on the article, but uh, I'm really curious because I, I imagine it's started to blow up and now, of course, it's viral because it's, you know, on the relevant podcast. <laughs> right, and she, right. But I would imagine she, uh, I mean, 
there's much more than a thousand books. It's just yeah. not known. But I also was talking to a friend who's a librarian and says that they are working really hard to try to make sure that there is a nice diversified library in there for oh, kids. Oh, that's cool. Which is cool. But it is really, I just thought it was really funny that she's like, they're all about like white kids and dogs. I was like, huh, <laughs> there is a lot of white kid and dog books, but. I mean, uh, I, I'll tell you, it's not just books. Like putting together an issue of the magazine, you know, we are incredibly intentional about gender equality and racial yeah. diversity, both in who we're covering and the voices that write. Mm-hmm. It would be so easy to put out multiple years worth of magazines with just white men. Yeah. I mean, right. it's so weird. And then mm-hmm. so like we, I mean, I can't tell you every editorial meeting, how much time we spend being intentional about the balance. And if, if we swap one article out, we look at the balance again, we look at the photos that are representative in the magazine. I mean, we just really make it very much a point of emphasis, but you have to, to make it natural and to make it the norm. Mm-hmm. There are people who have to be intentional about making that statement. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that girl. I love what she's doing. You know, that's one thing we, I was obviously a literature major and we talk so much about, you know, for several hundred years, stories were told, the important stories in the world were, were told by white men. Yeah, and yeah. so the entire kind of canon of literature as it developed was white European men. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and we talked a lot about kind of the psychology of what it does to never feel represented, mm-hmm. to, to feel like I only have learned stories and narratives from a voice that's, that would never be mine. Yeah. So I think it's, it's super, super important um, for, for kids, especially to feel represented in the stories that they're learning. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And I just love this, like in this age of social media, like this 11 year old girl is able to have an international voice and will genuinely affect real change. And there will be families all over the world that have this great list of books that are out right now that you can pick up and read. Just love it. Well, what's great too is there seems to be a much larger focus now on racial equality beyond just politically, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that it being in right. entertainment and it being in learning and engaging with culture. Yeah. It's not just about like the Oscars will change next year. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, bookshelves, you know, bookstores, the shelves of bookstores will change because people are saying, well, this is just not okay. But and then it requires an effort. This is the, yeah. this is the issue. It's like, it's one thing for to say like, oh, it should be different, but okay. Well then tangibly, Put mm-hmm. put your foot on the pedal and like let's make this happen. And so you know, like you go to churches and it's like they talk about Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in America, right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and but I can't. There's not that many white pastors who would say I want to have a white church. They would be like, oh, we want to be inclusive. We want to be diverse, right? Right. Yeah. But tangibly, you need to put uh, diversity on your stage. You know, like on yeah. your staff, on your worship team, because if it's just a bunch of white people on stage and you're like saying, oh, I wish we were more diverse in the congregation, people need to see themselves, you know, in the positions of leadership and mm-hmm. influence in the church. So I walk in and I see, okay, I belong here. You know, I, I'm valued here. Mm-hmm. I can get involved here. But if yeah. I'm seeing, if I'm, a, you know, a minority and, I, and, and I'm seeing only white people on stage, then this isn't for me, right? So it's like, okay, pastors, that you want to see diversity in your congregations, yeah. change the makeup of who you you put on the microphone, yeah. you know, and like, and be intentional about it. And you'll see that change naturally happen. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I, yeah. I think it's great. And I can't wait for that list. Yay. <laughs> All right. What do you have, Shauna? Uh, I have a story about a white person and a dog. Great. Classic. <laughs> classic Shauna. Bobby Quinn. Oh, Bobby Quinn. <laughs> they, what, are there zombies? <laughs> In um, Elkmont, Alabama, uh, last week, April Hamlin let her dog Ludivine Ludavine. 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 Out for a bathroom break. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ludavine, instead of taking her bathroom break, <laughs> Ludavine. 
<laughs> Sorry, I haven't really made it past that name. <laughs> it's like it's talk, a, you guys. We'll ask Jesse uh, as our linguistic expert how he would. How would you say L U D I V I N E? I think I think I don't think you're emphasizing the use enough is the problem. He's, a, he's so. an advocate for use, but he then, wants right. to see vowel diversity. Yeah, he wants an yeah. umlaut over the U, so you just can't miss it. Yeah, right. just everything you read, pretend the U in your mind just capitalize like. Oh, I, you yeah, know what? The, exactly. What and actually hits me about the dog name is that if you ask the owner, like, "Hey, why'd you name your dog that?" They're like, "Oh, it's a family name." Like, it's like somebody's maiden name or something is right. that dog. That's not but a normal. He wanted name. to be able to yell like Luda. Yeah, Luda vin kamin for your foods. Anyway, you were saying. So, uh, Luda vin is supposed to go out for a potty break. Instead, she joins a half marathon. Right. That is. <laughs> The the course goes right by her house. Of course. She turns out to be actually a natural runner. She places seventh <laughs> in the way. She runs the entire half marathon. No. Uh, because it, she wandered uh, into the crowd at the starting line. Oh, 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 great. And cool. just started running with everybody. Started running Crazy. with everybody. Finished seventh. <laughs> Uh, in at one hour, 32 minutes and 56 <gasps> seconds, received a medal. What? Um, and this was, this was a, it's a charity race. And so it's, you know, to raise money. And this was the first time they'd ever done this one. And it got so much positive publicity because of Ludovine that next year they have renamed it no. the Hound Dog Half. Perfect. <laughs> That's that really awesome. Crazy. Look, Kinda, that it's awesome, and it a little bit makes me hate the dog. I'm like, hey, <laughs> I could work my whole life to do that, and I would be happy to finish. Ludovine right. just goes up for a morning potty, and off she goes. Number seven, race named after her. Well done, Ludovine. <laughs> I, I suppose that, like, yeah, and the guy who actually won is probably like, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, but I won. Like, yeah, I right. beat the dog. <laughs> right. Or the guy that came in eight oh, and was oh, like, oh, oh my God, <laughs> Ludovine beat me. I was one behind Ludovine. I was chasing that. Dog, it's like it's like the story there a couple years ago where the guy it was like they're running a half marathon and a full marathon on the same day, and like the half marathon like veered off at some point, and the guy got turned around. And he's like, "Well, I might as well finish this thing. It's more, it's a double what I was planning on doing." But go ahead, and he like finished like in the top ten. <laughs> no problem. It's all psychological. You just you just can't psych yourself out. It's like the Creed lyric thing. Yeah. Sports, athletic stuff, it's all between the ears. Yeah. You just can't think about it. Just go out there and do it. And Ludovine is just looking for home to run, run, run. She's running. She's like running. It's like the running of the bull. She's running from this mob of people. Right. Oh. She's scared for her life for 13.1 right. miles. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. The yeah. Alabamans just chasing her around the streets. At what point did her owner realize she had just joined a half marathon? Was it like oh. in the first three minutes? She's like, oh, I should just let her finish. She's gotten started this far already. <laughs> Apparently, I think this must be kind of a tight knit community because several people were texting her pictures hey uh, i just saw your dog running half marathon right <laughs> so she, she wasn't worried that she was lost she was concerned that she was disrupting other runners performance oh, right. but the runners assured her after the fact she was a perfectly good competitor and uh, sure. didn't, didn't didn't make it harder for anyone else <laughs> she's a great sport had a good attitude <laughs> yeah. the whole time yeah. that. Yep. <laughs> what oh, a great man. story <laughs> didn't buy the windshields yeah. yeah all right well that'll do it for slices stay tuned up next joseph fines
You're listening to Aurora. The song is Conqueror. Uh, you can actually read about Aurora in the new issue of Relevant that's out now. Yeah. This episode of the Relevant Podcast is brought to you by Kalo, uh, the makers of the functional wedding band for the active lifestyle. Kalo, it's uh, spelled Q-A-L-O, no U's, um, Jesse. Uh, it was started by two guys who loved their wives and loved showing off that they were married, but got tired of taking off the rings when they were like surfing or rock climbing or working out. So they came up with a solution. Uh, the Kalo ring is made from hypoallergenic medical grade silicone, which makes them safe, uh, comfortable alternatives to t- traditional metal wedding bands. Just in time for Valentine's Day, Kalo has released customizable rings. You can engrave the inside of your Kalo ring with a word or date that means something special to you or your spouse. Valentine's Day is literally a couple of weeks away, and a customized yeah. Kalo ring is the perfect gift. Kalo ring started just $15.99. So go to qalo.com, kalo.com, and use the discount code relevant at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's, I'm glad you told me that. Valentine's Day is a lot of pressure. Not because of Brienne. I just never think about Valentine's Day. I just, I just lay in bed at 1 a.m. and watch Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta figure that out. Maybe Kalo. Still good. Still yeah. holds up. Yeah, I didn't say good. Yeah. I didn't say good. <laughs> True. Joseph Fiennes is a renowned actor of stage and screen. You've seen him in the Oscar-nominated film Elizabeth. Yeah, uh, he's really uh, a Shakespeare good actor. in Love, uh, Enemy at the Gates, uh, Luther, The Escapist, Merchant of Venice with Al Pacino and Jeremy Irons. Uh, Ryan Murphy's Running with Scissors. He's been in a ton of amazing films. Yeah, he's yeah. an incredible actor. And he uh, stars in the upcoming film Risen, the, bi- the epic biblical story of the resurrection as told through the eyes of a non-believer. Uh, Risen is in theaters nationwide February 19th, so the week after uh, Valentine's Day. So oh, you're just sporting your Kalo. Week after my... See, Kalo would be good uh, to wear to the theater so the the uh, butter from the popcorn doesn't make your ring Ooh, slippery. Excellent point. Hey, I can't tell you how many times I've accidentally ingested a gold ring <laughs> yeah. because it slipped right off without yeah, my we knowledge. We have to buy gold rings and bulk at Costco Yeah, because I'm just, I'm, I'm, the, the I'm pop, eating one every night. The popcorn thing really sold you on Kalo. Yeah, it? I was... Not the working out, camping, not the rock climbing. Yeah. No, I was 90% there and then you told me about that butter popcorn incident <laughs> and I remembered how many many titanium rings I have in my belly and I'm in <laughs> our very own Dargan Thompson recently st- uh, talked to him here is train. <laughs> Joseph Fiennes I served the Roman Empire I fought wars against those who did not believe in our gods but nothing could prepare me for the truth that is now risen He was very special. They're fanatics. What was his name? He was called Yeshua. The man's dead. His followers are in hiding. He's been a threat. Take control out there and finish things. The tomb is sealed. Guarded with your life. If this body vanishes, we have a potential messiah. Where has he gone? You tell me. You will track down the corpse of Yeshua. What happened to the Nazarene? He's right here. Open your heart and see. So what kind of drew you to this movie, Risen? Well, um, I felt 
the the angle was unique. A story that we know well, but um, through the eyes of a skeptic, a non-believer, a Roman tribune. Um, it, it was fresh. Uh, there has been one other movie back in the 50s with Richard Burton called The Rogue. So um, I, I don't know if that was um, an inspiration in any way, but I think the big departure from that movie is, is in terms of uh, uh, our central character and, and the journey he goes on and, and how, where he ends up. Um, in The Robe, Burton's character is very evangelical and you know, within days he's, he's a changed man. I felt that I, I wanted uh, this experience to be um, uh, require a bit more kind of thought on, on, on the character's part. I mean, it's a man that is deeply conditioned into military warfare, into the Roman philosophy of praying to gods, um, and although he is a spiritual man, he, he's deeply conditioned into, into one way of thinking. And through uh, the crucifixion and then into the uh, resurrection, he, he's irrevocably changed, um, especially after the moment that he's, he's witnessed Christ in the upper room. Have, forgive me, Doug, have you seen the film? Oh, uh, yeah, I have. Okay, okay, great. So you know what I'm rambling on about. Um, that, that to me, w w was one component. Another component was that there's a sort of detective story. Um, there's a ticking clock. Uh, it sets up nicely the theme that Pontius Pilate is under pressure because uh, Emperor Tiberius is arriving shortly and there's these big zealot kind of uprisings and they've got to quell them. And in particular, they have to quell this idea of a, a messiah claiming that, you know, or the supporters of this messiah claiming that he, he will rise again. And in the Roman idea, this is just a, an, another hoax to rally the opposition. And so he's charged to quell that and to find the body. And so there's this ticking clock. Um, and, you know, Tavius is the go-to man for Pontius Pilate. Uh, he, he's brilliant at uh, quelling these insurrections. And um, what we find is that he he hits wall after wall. And he can't can't find this body. And, and I thought that was a delicious perspective in which to visit a story we know so well. Yeah, and you've taken uh, roles in a handful of other religious movies. Um, you know, you've played Martin Luther. You're starring in an upcoming film about Eric Liddell. Um, what kind of draws you to those sort of characters? Well, you're right, Doug. And I, I mean, I, early on in my career, I got the opportunity um, to play Christ on stage in a play which had been banned in the 50s because Christ had never been portrayed. And also in the, in the play that was written by a playwright called uh, Dennis Potter, who famously brought us a uh, brilliant television um, uh, uh, programs such as The Singing Detective or Pennies from Heaven. Um, it, it, the, the portrayal of Christ was, um, the character was riddled with with doubt and, and introspection. Um, and that was something in the 50s um, the hardliners didn't want. But um, what I felt, it gave you know, a, a human aspect to Christ in a way which allowed me a way in. But what I loved about that portrayal and, and Eric Biddle, as you mentioned, and Martin Luther, who brought the Reformation into the church maybe a hundred years before it was due, and even to a degree, Clavius is a non-believer, is that they have a code, they have um, a belief, 
um, and they, whether they change their beliefs, but their beliefs ultimately are, are positive and um, their self-examination is full of self-evolution. And they have a principle and a morality. And I think in life, whenever we, we raise the bar, as these amazing characters um, are real or not, we have done, uh, we get challenged immediately. I think there's a sort of outer force that goes, okay, you want to raise the bar? Well, how about this? So the struggle ensues and, and they go on a journey. And um, it's all about weathering that storm. And I think that's what draws me to these characters, is that, that they are many ways, they're, they're rocks in which I, I look up to. Um, Eric Little, on pain of death, stood by his beliefs, and it meant that he died in a Japanese concentration camp. Um, you know, how far would you go? He had an opportunity to give, uh, I think Winston Churchill secured a release for him because he was such a famous character from the concentration camp, and he gave that release ticket to a pregnant woman. So living by these beliefs um, and, and I find great solace and strength um, in, in that so that's maybe why I'm, I'm attracted to them I know you've said you're not especially religious but I think it's interesting you've played these roles and they run from you know Luther and Liddell who are very like insiders in Christianity, but then your role in Risen as Clavius is kind of an outsider, a skeptic. Um, yeah. Do you feel like you identify more with one or the other of those? It's interesting. I, 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 I think I lock on to human condition, uh, and as an actor, that's that's all I'm left with. And then the condition leads me to the sort of the intellectual or, or the spiritual. But uh, uh, there's one thing that doesn't change, and that, that is our condition, and that certain people can conquer elements of their conditions, um, and others are slaves to, to, to them. Um, so I, I, I don't draw a huge difference other than they're born into different cultural backgrounds and perspectives, but I think their conditions are all equal. But as an outsider, I, I don't know. Some days I'm an outsider, and some days I'm an insider. It fluctuates. Uh, um, uh, I, I, did, I do like the journey of a person that is human, something that I can tangibly identify with um, as, a, as a human being. Um, so uh, I'm less drawn to superheroes, but more spiritual beings that, that have to evolve, that, that, that um, by raising the bar, evolve themselves. So whether that's Clavius or Eric Middle, I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to that um, self-introspection and dialogue. And I think many of us are, or whatever our faiths, well, there's, a, there's, a, there's an inner dialogue all, all the time. And, and I think that this film in many ways promotes that dialogue. One of the most touching scenes in the movie was when Clavius is with the disciples and then they meet up with Jesus um, and he kind of has this moment with Jesus. Um, what was it like filming that? I mean, was it emotional to try and capture what he, what the character would have been feeling at that point? It, you know what? It was emotional um, for a number of reasons. Partly because I projected so much um, that moment and, and, and the weight of that moment to me personally. Um, and and also because much of my prep and Cliff Curtis's prep 
um, was that we didn't share eye contact or talk to each other for the months that uh, we were filming. Um, and let alone really physical space, um, we, there was an avoidance, um, certainly on, on, on my part, maybe not on his, but he had taken a vow of silence outside of the disciples. Um, and, you know, I think we were all aware that this was precious, sacred ground in many ways to us as actors. And so it was, it, we, we prepped accordingly. So when I actually got to do that scene, that, what you see on camera is the first time I had ever spoken to Cliff. Wow. Um, and so we brought the weight and importance of, of that moment. And, and, and that seemed to help the chemistry and, and the magnitude of it. You know, I always think in my mind, you know, I have this sort of weird... Uh, fantasy that if I were to have, you know, uh, a get-together, who were the people that I would want to invite to sit down at the table? Well, I'm sure my, many of us would ask Jesus Christ to come to the table. Um, wouldn't that be an amazing thing? So, I, I, again, I felt that I had that moment on the rock. Um, so, yeah, it was. It was emotional. Yeah. I also think, Gavin, it was emotional because he's, you know, much of the movie for me, centers around this idea of a second chance and you know Cla Clavius is part of this death squad um, in terms of uh, overseeing the crucifixion of Christ and then uh, he has this you know irrevocable witnessing and and he's forgiven and you know I think we can all take away something that the, the power of forgiveness and and that can bolster one's faith and and I, I think that much of that personal dialogue is is in that scene for me what do you kind of hope people take away from this movie when they see it uh, a number of things. Um, I, I really, really hope, because I feel like there's a big division um, whenever I've read reviews of biblical films. It's either, you know, it's it's revisionist and it's terrible and boycott it, um, or it's, um, you know, it's Sunday school and stuffy and conservative, don't bother. <laughs> and um, that makes me sad because, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about film. It's incredibly hard to get right. It's very expensive. It's years of dedication uh, of a team, whether you like it or not, it's amazing that something gets up on screen. So I have huge admiration, just the fact that the film gets made. Um, so my dream and my hope would be that there's a diverse audience that react positively and get it, and it satisfies both a faith-based and a cinephile audience. That, that would be the one big hope uh, um, for me, and I hope they take away part of the greater discussion um, because you don't have to be religious to have an inner faith um, uh, and I, I, I think we all have you know our variants of, of a belief system and you know maybe they're not to the book but they, they share a positivity um, and I, that, that for me would be the biggest blessing would be a diverse audience that can sit in the same room together and enjoy the spectacle. That was Joseph Fiennes. His new film, Risen, hits theaters everywhere February 19th.
comfortable life as an attorney and law professor in Los Angeles nearly ensured he and Henry, a Ugandan teen languishing in prison for two murders he didn't commit, would never meet. Henry was losing hope and prayed for a sign from God. Halfway around the world, Jim was compelled to answer a call for lawyers to help imprison children in Africa. Divine Collision is the true story of how two men separated by thousands of miles inspired justice reform for an entire country. It's available now at bookstores everywhere. Learn more at divinecollisions.com. You're listening to Mike Snow. The song is Genghis Khan. A uh, little tip on Mike Snow. Hmm. Number one, there's two eyes in Mike. Number oh. two, there's no one in the band named Mike Snow. Uh, it's actually three guys. They're like producers. Uh, they kind of came on the scene a few years ago, and uh, they have an incredible new album that's you're starting to hear about. It's going to yeah. come out in a couple months. Huh. Uh, so there's no I in team, but there's two in Mike Snow. <laughs> and there's no Mike in Mike Snow. <laughs> All kinds of knowledge being yeah. dropped on the relevant that's podcast true. today. Well, speaking of culture knowledge, it's uh, Oscar season. <laughs> we know that a lot of you guys like read relevant for uh, the cultural coverage and kind of recommendations and uh, for movies and different things uh, to check out. And so we thought it would be really good to uh, seize this moment and grab a couple of our uh, yeah. favorite movie journalists uh, to talk about the Oscars and yeah. um, what's going on in films now. LA-based culture writer Eric Van Valen is a frequent contributor to relevant. He wrote the Mark Maron piece for us, the Alabama Shakes piece, um, and, but also most recently in the current issue, he wrote the Welcome to Hollywood piece, uh, mm. which looks at LA's burgeoning spiritual revival. Brett McCracken is also a cultural critic, journalist, and he's the author of the books Hipster, Christianity, and Gray Matters. Uh, Jesse recently spoke with Eric and Brett about this year's Oscar-nominated films, what movies the Academy missed, and some of the films they are excited about in 2016. Here is Jesse with Brett McCracken and Eric Van Valen. So I wanted to talk about Oscar nominations. Uh, they, they were recently just announced, and it's an interesting time of year to reflect back on the year in film, but also some deeper trends that are happening uh, in the industry. First off, what do you guys both think will win Best Picture this year, and what do you think should win? I mean, it look, it's looking like uh, The Revenant has a lot of momentum for Best Picture or Spotlight, I would say. Those two are maybe the have the momentum uh, i could see the big short actually coming up and and being a spoiler it just won i think the producers guild uh yeah the big short does kind of seem like one of those pictures kind of like american sniper last year that sort of picks up steam as we get closer to the oscars and and with some of the awards is picking up a lot of buzz yeah yeah let's see let's hear uh, a clip from that movie hi lawrence we have no confidence in your ability to identify macroeconomic trends you flew here to tell me that? Why? Every, anyone can see that there's a real estate bubble. Actually, no one can see a bubble. That's what makes it a bubble. That's dumb, Lawrence. It's always markers. Mortgage fraud quintupled since 2000, and the average take-home pay is flat, but home prices are soaring. That means the homes are debt, not assets. So Mike Burry, a guy who gets his hair cut at Supercuts and doesn't wear shoes, knows more than Alan Greenspan and Hank Paulson. Yeah, Dr. Mike Burry, yes he does. Every year when the nominations are announced, there's obviously a lot of debate 
about what should have been nominated. This year, it seems like there's a pretty broad spectrum of films in terms of the style of the films. I mean, you have like Spotlight, which is a really kind of a lo-fi movie, like a really dialogue heavy, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, study of long form investigative journalism. And you have something like Mad Max, which is probably the complete opposite stylistically. But what do you guys think was missing from the nominations this year? Yeah, I mean, I I would have put Creed on there. Um, it, uh, Creed picked up, you know, a few other nominations: Best Supporting Actor, Sylvester Stallone. But I, th- I thought the film as a whole as a whole was amazing. And Ryan Coogler, I would have maybe nominated for Best Director too. And you know, with the diversity problems that we've heard so much about, you know, Creed seemed like to me a logical. Uh, film that was just excellent and celebrated diverse cast and um, you know probably the best Rocky film that's that's come out in the last two or three de- decades. Yeah, and I think with with an inclusion of something like The Martian, which for me was more of just like a big entertainment um, blockbuster picture, I think that could have opened the, do- the door for Creed as well. Um, but for me, uh, Beasts of No Nation, uh, there was a, like some of the actors and just the film as a whole could have definitely been on that list, and that might be a you know, a discussion about the whole the whole Netflix model, and it might be a couple of years away from having a film like that um, yeah. break through in the Oscars. But for me, that that film should have definitely been in the list. Yeah, let's hear let's hear uh, a clip from that movie. All of you that have seen your family killed, you now have something that stands for you. It has put the weapons of this war back in your hands of you, the young, the powerful. I'm a good follower, sir. I will always protect you because you are my son. And a son always protects a father. One thing that jumped out to me about the main nominations is there seems to be a, a like a survival narrative that's present among, you know, like half the nominations. I think you could say make the case for Room, but definitely Revenant, uh, The Martian and Mad Max. It's sort of these, you know, one or two people against all the odds. Do you think when you look at the spectrum of movies that really made an impact in culture this year, that there is, they, they tap into some sort of underlying social anxieties, or do you think that just happens to be the films that are recognized? Yeah. I mean, I've written a little bit about this trend, um, about the survival narrative and, and it's definitely been an ongoing trend. And in recent years, you, you look at like films like gravity, which is like surviving at space and, uh, uh, all is lost which is ro- basically robert redford by himself in a boat trying to survive and it's kind of all these one one person one man show films of just like desperately trying to survive 127 hours with james franco is another one uh, where he has to cut off his own arm to survive and uh, so yeah i think it's really interesting that you're seeing a lot of these films that that tap into like almost primal kind of man versus nature just trying to survive in this world. Um, and, and the survival narrative goes beyond kind of the revenant, like man versus nature, but there's also like financial survival. And there were a couple of films this year, like about the financial crisis and just people trying to make it and do what they have to do to survive. It's interesting just to, to see if that trend will continue. And I don't know what it says about our society that we're all just kind of on pins and needles about, you know, whether our world is going to end or, 
you know, there's also the apocalyptic kind of end of the world yeah. uh, theme in movies that, you know, is still going strong. So I think those two kind of themes of survival and apocalypse are related. I, I wanted to talk to you to see, uh, uh, you know, about maybe some films that were nominated in, in other categories, but also uh, maybe that, that weren't necessarily Oscar films. But were there any movies that you guys felt like were particularly redemptive for, uh, you know, not to stereotype faith audiences, but for, for audiences that, that are looking for stories that point to maybe a little bit deeper hope? Like, you know, Spotlight obviously has a justice narrative and it deals directly with exposing an injustice in uh, a cover-up in the Catholic Church, but were there any other films that you guys felt like had deeper spiritual themes that really pointed to re- some redemptive truths? Yeah, I mean, uh, one that comes to mind uh, off the top of my head is Love and Mercy, the Brian Wilson biopic, I guess, um, was with Paul Dano and John Cusack. Yeah, um, it's I wouldn't. It's not like a in any way overt about redemption or things like that, but it really is a story of his kind of. Um, the first half and his the younger Brian Wilson half is really him just descending into this like abyss um, slowly and then the the second part of the adult Brian Wilson is is redemptive. It's about how through relationships and and the love of people around him he's able to get out of that abyss and kind of uh, get on his feet again. And so in in, in a simple way, I think that's a very um, beautiful redemptive film. You know, there definitely wasn't a big overt redemptive choice from from the Oscar nominees. That, but I think Room, you can you could draw a lot of yeah. allegory to the Christian faith, sort of coming out of bondage and what we how we accept situations that we're in, um, and then once we're out, dealing with 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 coming out of of, of bondage. And uh, so, I, I think there there are some pretty you could draw some allegories for sure. Uh, with, with room. Yeah. Yeah, actually, let's check out a clip of that. Thank you for letting us do this interview. We're grateful to hear your story. Thank you to everyone who sent their good thoughts and their prayers. For five years, you made life in that small room, that prison, as nurturing and normal as you could. Mom, I'm five. You're five. So old now. You are so old now. Yep. Hey, do you know what we're going to do today? We are going to bake a birthday cake. You chose to tell Jack that room was the whole world, that there was nothing else. Good morning, lamp. Good morning, plant. Good morning, sink. I wanted him to feel safe and that it was a great place for him to live. Did you ever think you would be free? I hoped. (laughs) Hello, Jack. Thanks for saving our little girl. Are there any particular movies or projects that you have sort of bookmarked as things you you really want to see next year? One for me is is uh, Martin Scorsese's Silence uh, oh, yeah. next year. I think that's going to be uh, an incredible film. For for people that don't have the context, it's based on a novel by the same name. I think it came out somewhere in the sixties. Can you talk about the plot just a little bit of that? I know it starts Andrew Garfield and Liam Neeson. I mean, I've read the book, and I think it's basically it's just about a Jesuit priest who is uh, in Japan at a time when Christianity is very new, and uh, there's, there's a lot of oppression and um, persecution that the, the, the Jesuits face. And uh, so there's 
yeah, suffering and persecution is a major theme of it. But it's a very uh, Christian novel, and and it'll be interesting to see what um, Scorsese does with kind of the the parallels to Jesus and suffering um, that that go on in that novel. So that's a that's major uh, anticipated film for me as well. Uh, another one that I'm looking forward to is uh, Terrence Malick's new film Night of Cups, which comes out just in a couple of months, I think, in March. I'm, I'm always looking forward to what a Terrence Malick film looks like. And you know, obviously, he, he's a filmmaker that focuses just on beauty and uh, cinematic kind of avant-garde. So that one will be interesting with Christian Bale and Natalie Portman uh, and Kate Blanchett. Eric, is there anything that, that you're particularly looking forward to next year, either you know more on the indie scale or even you know one of the big blockbusters that is slated that you're particularly interested to see the direction it's going to go? I think sort of as a general industry trend, uh, something interesting is just the fact that Netflix and Amazon are becoming mm-hmm. such big players. And even now, you know, Sundance is going on and we're seeing these digital streaming services pick up these big films uh, and are sort of going to be releasing on them on their outlets. So it's just going to be interesting to sort of see as an industry how people respond to that, um, you know, beasts of no nation was sort of an example this year that when it was released in theaters, it made like five hundred thousand uh, dollars. But Netflix didn't care um, because it had, it had done so well in streaming, but it didn't necessarily get the uh, the awards attention. So I think it's just going to be interesting to see as an industry as a whole as yeah. some of these critically acclaimed movies are being bought and released on these uh, streaming services. How the public is going to react? How the the Oscar voters are going to react next year? Um, are we going to see a a movie that has just been released on Netflix win an Oscar in the next couple of years. I think that's an interesting trend just to sort of keep an eye on. Well, cool. Well, guys, thank you so much uh, for taking a few minutes to talk about it. I'm excited to check out some of the recommendations and see how these uh, Oscar, se- how the award season plays out. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Jesse. All right, thanks, guys. You're listening to Daughter. The song is How. That album is going to be so good. And I believe the song is about um, how come there's no more books about daughters. Yeah. Uh, why aren't there I more think, books? About I think so. Nailed yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> All right. It's time for your feedback. Um, it, you know, if you've listened to the show for a long time, whenever Shauna joins us on the show, she always leaves before feedback. So can't, she has, can't blame her, though. She has a real life and deadlines and stuff. And so she darted out. So it's just, just the guys holding it down. Uh, last week, we asked you for the question of the week, what should Jesse and Eddie name their comedy duo? Uh, Joy Egrich's wedding is coming up in a couple weeks, yeah. three weeks, I think. And the reception is being literally emceed by Jesse and Eddie. And yeah. they're doing a little comedy bit, comedy routine, little little improv, a little yes and. We thought we, should, we thought we should brand it. Yeah, and anytime you guys want, you, we can give you a taste. Like if you want us to intro a song or anything you need, we're ready to go. Seems like Jesse's like not. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. I got a lot of material uh, yeah, that yeah. I've been really milling on, and I hate to give it 
away yeah, prematurely. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> um, I, you I, know, I mean, people will hear the jokes eventually, but I'm working, and plus, some of this is a little too hot for TV. Yeah, I'm working a little blue. It's a late-night yeah. yeah. reception. Yeah. So we want to know what Jesse and Eddie's comedy duo will be named. You guys hit us up on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. You also posted your suggestions on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here are a few of our favorites. I hate to start with what may be my favorite, but uh, this one killed me. Dre, uh, Trey Bledsoe, <laughs> Jesse plus Eddie. Jedi, The Farce Awakens. Oh, The Farce Awakens. But Jedi, That's great. Jesse and Eddie. I mean, it's not exactly perfect, but it's pretty funny. Spelling-wise, it's a, it's like a visual pun. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Michael Lucero said, Arnold Schwarzenegger Jr. Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. I love Michael. He's so that's funny. That's great. <laughs> um, I've got to say that as we're continuing to look for this, there were two large pieces of feedback that, uh, that I saw. And I sure. acknowledge, actually, there were three. One, and this is on Relevant, the a website, Cats is back. So, yes, I know it. Cats oh, is back. Can't wait to see it. This. Obviously, I'll see it. Two, Dave Matthews is going on a 25th anniversary tour. Yeah. Yes, I know. I'm very excited. Third, saxophone is in Dave Matthews. Yes, I still like the Dave Matthews band. I do not like that part of their songs. <laughs> so that's response to all of that feedback. Right. It's also 1993, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. So, uh, uh, Doug on Twitter said that, you know, this is kind of a, a, a tip of the old hat to the Full House, Fuller House comeback uh, reboot is Eddie and the Ripper. Like Uncle Jesse's band, Jesse oh, and the Ripper. I nice. get jokes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't Eddie get, and the Ripper. I didn't get that. Or how about this one from Sean? Bow and Arrow. Oh, that's, Arrow the Bow. Yeah. 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 Or, the, yeah. or the Bow. This is <laughs> this is uh, this is more of like a band name. It's it's still the Jesse and Eddie duo. But it's hot tub rhyme machine. Turntables are on crockpots. Love it. Hot tub rhyme machine. Is hot tub rhyme machine. I like it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that'll do it for last week's feedback. <laughs> if you want to join in, there's a lot more. And uh, we're still taking submissions. Uh, we haven't printed the business cards yet. So, um, okay. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right. Well, it's a big week in the literary world. Big week. Uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is coming out. We, you know, Shauna just sent her book off to the printer. It got us thinking about uh, Christian books mm. and also books that had horror things added to it <laughs> that totally changed right. the experience. <laughs> what if we brought those together? What The editorial question of the week this week, we want to know from you, we want you to add a word to a, a, a Christian book title yeah. to turn it into a horror movie. Should mm. we hashtag it like scary Christian book? I think the hashtag should be add a word to famous Christian book and turn it into a horror movie. Sure. Something something easy You'd like that. You'd have to use four characters. <laughs> right. You'd have four characters <laughs> left to write yeah. your... Yeah. Something yeah. the kids will remember. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, a couple years ago, people were doing like add a word, change a book title, blah, blah, blah yeah. all that. You know, okay, let's just... Let's just... Let's just, just do hashtag add a word, make it scary. Add a word, make it scary. Yeah, that would be our I, I like that. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So you guys can hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. This is a this one is tailor made for t for Twitter. Oh yeah. Uh, you can also hit us up on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Post uh, your ideas there in the comments, and we will read our favorites on next week's show. I still I would read Bread and Wine and Zombies. I would. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. I, so. Just the curiosity factor alone. <laughs> right. yeah. I want to go to that dinner party. Right. All right. Uh, many thanks to Joseph Fines for talking to us. Make sure to check out his new film, Risen. It hits theaters February 19th. Thanks also to Brett McCracken and Eric Van Valen for joining us talking about movies. You can check out the Oscar Oscars on February 28th. It's happening. So it's 
what, like a month from now, four weeks. Yeah. Uh, thanks to our show sponsors. Without them, the the podcast wouldn't be possible. Remember, at HelloFresh.com, you can get 35 bucks off your first week of deliveries. You just go over to HelloFresh.com and enter relevant when you subscribe. And uh, Kalo Rings uh, are having a special offer right now. They started just $15.99, but when you go to Kalo.com, that's Q-A-L-O.com, and use the discount code relevant at checkout, you'll get 15% off your order. Guys, go check out our YouTube channel. Uh, the relevant YouTube channel uh, extracts from this week's show are up. It's all working. It's all happening. Wow. It's It's been nine months of trial and error. I'm so glad we got cameras in here. And we're back. <laughs> That's great. Congratulations, yeah. Yeah, everyone. That's exciting. Yes. I'd like to thank uh, yeah. the 10,000 people that it took to make this happen. <laughs> uh, and remember, if you're on Spotify, check out the official Relevant Spotify playlist. Just search for Relevant. And you'll see them all there. Hmm. Uh, we are adding some fun ones this week. Um, um, we're having a blast with this. We're adding like 90s uh, youth group anthems. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're adding a uh 90s or throwback Christian hip hop jams. We're adding Uh-oh. we're adding throwback uh, Christian alternative. It's all DC talk. Yeah. PS. Yeah. yeah. It's uh it's we're having fun with these. Yeah. It's gonna be a blast. Yeah, finally. So go check those out. Subscribe. <laughs> and uh, get the magazine. The current issue is out now. It has Lecrae on the cover. It's a great issue. It's if you awesome. su- when you subscribe today, uh, you'll get instant access to all the premium content online and all the tablet editions, the print will be mailed to you. And uh, our next issue, the March issue, is going to the printer this week. So some exciting stuff in that one. Who's on the cover? Can you tell me right now? Nope. Will you whisper to me or like, do you need a sign language? Uh, I'll just say this. It's our... Whisper rapper. We're very excited about music right now. And it's our special kind of music music issue. So it's... uh, Kevin. Uh, It is not Kevin Max. So, uh, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffoltz. I'm Jeremiah Dunlap. I'm Jesse Carey. For Sean and Equist, we'll see you next week. for listening to the relevant podcast connect with us on twitter at relevant podcast and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. and don't forget to check the magazine out it's available on newsstands and at the itunes app store or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe Let me put this rollerblades on, do my magic while you guys talk things out.